Hey folks, welcome back to the Lib Day Podcast. I am your host, Kerwin. Firstly, thank you all so much for all your listens. Um, currently from the ads, the anchor ads that I've been doing in these episodes, I have made uh, 32 cents. So uh, that's pretty darn good for sponsorships, in my opinion. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for coming back every month with my new episodes. Um, I also have some bonus episodes coming up for you guys, too. I have a best of music of 2020, but it's just like music that I was listening to in 2020. And we just, you know, we have fun. We reminisce on the good times, you know. I also have a TV movie episode coming up for you guys. The stuff that I was watching during 2020. Lots to say, lots to cover. And then there was also a bonus episode about all the books that I read this year or in the year of 2020. So yeah, it's gonna we're gonna have some bonus content coming up. All of those episodes should be released in January of 2021. I will let you guys know via my Instagram when I get all that done, when I get all that posted and published and all that good stuff. Um, secondly... If you do follow social media, if you do social media at all, please follow me on Instagram at LitBayPod for bookish content. Also, it's going to be a really great resource for highlighting BIPOC businesses, organizations, and any community initiatives that I come across. Um, I want to kind of use my Instagram as a as a resource for you guys. So if you guys want to find uh, different organizations to donate to and make reoccurring donations to and or volunteer your time... <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, all that stuff will be on my Instagram. I want it to be a place where I can, you know, put that all out there. We can help people. We can, you know, volunteer our time, do our reoccurring donations, be better allies. What more could you ask for, really? Also, can I ask you guys to do me a favor? Can you guys all tell just like one friend about my podcast this month just for funsies? Aw, you will? Okay, thanks guys. Alright, but anyway, thirdly, I am dedicating this episode to the Okra Project this month. The Okra Project pays black trans chefs to go into homes of black trans people to cook them healthy and home-cooked meals at no cost to the transgendered, non-conforming community. Uh, for the black trans folks who are currently experiencing homelessness or whose homes cannot support the chef's cooking, the Okra Project has partnered with Community Spaces to deliver food. Uh, one session includes the pay chefs and, oh yeah, so includes chef pay and groceries and costs the Okra Project $90. So that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were looking to donate to make this possible, 18 people could donate $5. Nine people could donate $10. Six people could donate $15. And three people could donate $30 or one super generous person could donate $90. So yeah, um, if you're interested in the Okra Project, please go check them out. They are theokraproject.com. Uh, you can also follow them on Instagram at theokraproject on Instagram. And then while I was doing my Instagram thing on Instagram, um, I came across 4-Hour Sibs Collective on Instagram says providing sustainable aid for black trans non-binary GNC, which is gender non-conforming and intersex SIBs. Uh, and they are based in Atlanta, Georgia. So go ahead and give them a follow. And if you live in the Atlanta, Georgia area, maybe volunteer your time, do some reoccurring donations. And if you don't live in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're still interested, see if there's a way that you can still get involved 
from from far away, from home. And then fourthly, congratulations to actor Elliot Page for coming out as transgendered and writing a beautiful note on how he is fighting for community and not just the people who look like him and or specifically the people with privilege. Um, congratulations, Elliot. We're so proud of you. You are awesome work. Okay, so we're moving on now to the word of the month, which is Imagineer, which is a person who is skilled in implementing, creating ideas into practical form. So I'll use it in a sentence for you. Frederica is the team's social media manager, AKA our Imagineer. She makes our magazine social media platforms shine by collaboration, research, active listening, and immersing herself into her own creativity. So yeah, Imagineer, use that in a sentence and let me know if you do somehow. Put it on my Instagram, do a comment. I feel so old. <laughs> All right, y'all. So today's or this month's book is Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar. Felix Ever After follows a trans teen named Felix Love. They are a senior at a really fancy art school. One day when they get to school, there's a gallery of them that's been put up showing photos of them before their transition that also dead names them. Uh, someone hacked into their Instagram account and got those photos that they assumed were, you know, secure and safe. They hacked into that account, blew up those photos and put them up in a gallery for everyone to see. And now Felix has to, has to figure out who did this to them, who exposed them. Um, so before we get into like the meat and potatoes, let's talk about the relationship between Felix and his father. So Felix's relationship with his dad uh, is kind of refreshing but it's still very like complicated so I know for me personally when I see trans stories in the media it's usually always an instance where they're not accepted and supported by family or they're like kicked out of the house Felix's dad uh, helps him get top surgery offers to go to doctor's visits and agrees to let Felix start taking hormones but in the story we also see that sometimes his father still misgenders him and acts like oh it doesn't happen or he'll or sometimes he will apologize quickly and then how his father still has a hard time saying his real name, which is Felix. Um, so his father still kind of dead names him too, which is unfortunate. And so that's what got me thinking. I was like, well, you know, it seems like he is supportive for the most part, but there's still work to be done. So somewhere there is a disconnect. Uh, but moving on, one of the biggest and most relatable struggles in this book was Felix always battling with not feeling worthy of love or cert or of certain opportunities for advancement, which I feel like is relatable to me also. Um, a direct quote from Felix in this book con pertaining to that would be, when someone hurts me, I either obsess on how to convince them that I'm worthy of their love or obsess over how to destroy them, which is halfway relatable for me. So I feel like I obsess over how to convince people that I'm worthy of love, specifically people that are like my romantic interests and whatnot too. So I feel like I kind of overcompensate sometimes because I feel like as a black woman, I, I, I don't know, I feel misunderstood sometimes. And I feel like I'm not worthy of love sometimes, but then I have to think about it now and I'm like, okay, but like worthiness and desirability, where does that start? It starts with me, right? So it starts with us. Uh, so back to Felix. Felix is set on getting into 
Brown University because of the dual degree program with RISD, which is the Rhode Island School of Design, which when I was applying to colleges, I applied to RISD too, and I didn't get in. Mm. But this is not about me. Again, there's a theme of wanting to be worthy of an Ivy League school and to just prove that he can get in. Um, His best friend Ezra, though, made a really great point when he told Felix that he didn't need to prove anything to anyone. He reminded him that he's not his test scores and that it only matters that Felix thinks that he deserves love. That Felix thinks that he deserves love himself. That's what I should say. And I just thought, like, what a good friend Ezra is. Like, I think we all need those friends who kind of keep you grounded. And the fact that these are people that are still in high school and transitioning into college, I think that it's so important to already have those, like, uh, forward thinkers as friends. I think that that's super helpful. Um, And also, I think as people, whether we're applying for colleges or applying for new jobs, we forget that those same people, the institutions and jobs, the people that are putting us through these interview processes and whatnot, they forget that they have to impress us too. It's not just about us getting into the school. It's not just about us getting the job. Like As the employers, as the institutions, they have to also impress us and really keep their word and and, uh, be there for our growth. These higher education institutions like to boast about their 90 to 95 job placement rates after graduation. However, it seems rarely do we get a job in the field that we studied and stressed over for four plus years. Now, I'm not saying that college is a scam, but we do need to think, is it totally necessary to send kids to a four-year institution immediately after high school? Maybe put a plan in place to have them start working or volunteering, show them other options besides college or push a cheaper option such as community college, an associate's degree or a trade until they have some sort of idea of who they are and what they may want to do. Uh, The the transition time between high school and college is very delicate but also very complicated so we need to treat it as such. Uh, Some jobs, it's impossible to find work-life balance, and we get stuck in these rhythms of constantly working, living paycheck to paycheck, and just the mental and emotional gymnastics that you go through, especially if you work a job in the service industry. And, of course, with Instagram and social media constantly giving us FOMO about not being able to afford Balenciaga and bottle service or not being able to travel to a new country every other week, like, it can just be a lot So back to the story. (laughs) Felix also talks about how the government is constantly trying to erase trans people and trying to pretend pretend as though they don't exist. Transgender people get, you know, getting refused health care, students being bullied and forced into the wrong bathrooms, being kicked out of their homes, adults being fired from their jobs just because of who they are, so many attacks for just walking down the street, and of course the suicide rates are high because for some it seems like their only option for peace of mind, or their only option, period. Um, As a trans person of color, the life expectancy is in the early 30s, mostly because of hate crimes, violent hate crimes, I must say, Something I thought was interesting was that Felix knew that they were trans, you know, they knew that they were a trans man, but were unsure of their pronouns, which was something that I never even thought of. It was never even on my radar. So that I'm glad that this book really put put me onto that, that like people can be trans and also not be sure of what their pronouns are. And it 
now that they, you know, now that I've read that and now that I see it, it's like, oh, that makes sense. But like, it's just never been on my radar before. Uh, and also since moving to Portland, especially, I have noticed how important, but also how normal it is to ask people their pronouns when you first meet someone new. So that's been one really great thing about uh, moving to Portland. It's, it's uh, put me on to that. The last thing I'll go ahead and touch on too um, is being black and queer and how it made Felix feel so different and alienated from everyone else and how those differences seem to make people less interested in getting to know them and feeling less lovable because of that. The love interests in books or movies um, were always white, straight, and cis, especially growing up. I could relate to that. Uh, white has always been the default for these kind of things uh, for a long time. We're just starting to see more trans characters, more queer characters in media. So that's been really great, but we still have a long way to go. Um, and then how it becomes hard to convince ourselves that we are worthy of the love, like in the movies, which I felt, I felt that when he said that in the book, um, having so many differences makes you feel like you don't fit in. And when you make other people uncomfortable, it ends up making ourselves uncomfortable. We just end up watching other people making connections and it feels like we're just sitting on the sidelines. So I really felt that. Um, about being like the black and queer thing, I was like, okay, like that, that definitely makes sense. Even if you're not queer, I feel like you can understand those kind of sentiments. Um, so this is one of the best books that I read this year, specifically me, um, because I did not know, I've, I've always obviously known of trans people but I did not really know like the specific struggles of like trans people, but specifically trans teens. And then on top of that, they're also thinking about like college and, you know, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And, you know, how long do I have to live and things like that. So I just, I, it really opened my eyes and I learned a lot of new terms such as dead naming, which is when someone uses the name that uh, was their name before their transition. So it's called dead naming. Um, there was just like a lot of terms that I did not know the word for. Um, so this book was seriously super informative. And I will say that it is a queer YA lit. So it is young adult. Um, but I feel like everyone has something that they could learn from this book. So I think whether you're a young adult or not, I think that this is a great piece of work for people to for people to read and just kind of like sit with and maybe even have discussions with friends and family about it, honestly. Um, the reason that I, I made a lot of notes when I was, I was like highlighting and, you know, putting tabs in the book about all these things that I wanted to speak on specifically. And then I also kind of felt like it was not my place since I am not trans to talk about bigger trans issues. Um, I do want to spread awareness, um, but I also do not want to overstep my bounds. Um, so I just try to speak on the themes that resonated with me specifically, but I am not trans, so I am not trying to be the, you know, the professional or the expert on trans issues because I am not that. Um, so yes, I think this is a great book. 
I think everyone should read it. Uh, it is called Felix Ever After. It is by Kaysen Callender, who is also gender nonconforming. They go by they, them pronouns. Um, so yes, uh, there are, I do want to point out before we move on to the next thing that in this book, there are also a lot of really great conversations that happen between Felix and his dad, Felix going to this LGBTQI plus, uh, discussion about identity. And then also the conversations that Felix has with his friends or friends group. I think that those are the most, those are the things that I really wanted to touch on, but I don't, I just didn't feel like I had the range to touch on those issues. And I also feel like it kind of wasn't my place to speak on those things if I'm not in that space myself. So I highly recommend this book. I think everyone should read this book. Uh, it was very good, very educational. I laughed. Uh, I cried. I didn't. What did I cry? I, I kind of did. I kind of cried. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, I was a little emotional. Like, the book is very good. It is young adult, so just keep that in mind. There's a lot of, I will say there's a lot of, like, pop culture references. So, but I don't think it takes away from the story. So, yeah. All right, moving on. All right, so, on HBO this last month, I have been watching, I watched this documentary called Transhood which follows four or five transgender non-conforming youth over a span of about four years. I really enjoyed this documentary because it gave me a look at not only the child's lives through their lens, but also the parents' lives through a parent's lens, raising a transgendered or gender non-conforming child. So I, right off the bat, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. So some of the kids were homeschooled for a variety of reasons. I would think the biggest reasons would be for safety because, you know, there's a lot of violence towards trans kids and, you know, bullying is real. So let's, yeah. So I, I can understand these kids being homeschooled for that reason alone. One of the kids went to an actual school, um, had a girlfriend, but made the conscious decision to not disclose that they were trans. And then we also see the stress and the fear of the Trump administration coming to power and the legislation that affected trans and gender non-performing folks, such as which bathrooms they should be going to and not allowing trans folks in the military. And when one of the trans kids was talking about going to college, there was a difficult decision they had to make about, you know, am I going to disclose that I am trans to my roommates? Like, what are the pros and cons of doing that? So I thought that was a very interesting part of the documentary as well. Um, and one trans teen wanted to be a model and we see her journey with that and also having like her first boyfriend, her first relationship, her first love. So that was really cool to see. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend that documentary on HBO. It is called Transhood, like childhood, transhood. Yeah, very good. Um, let's see what is next up on the TV roster. Also, I watched this show. I think I watched it last year, like 2019, I think. Or maybe it was earlier this year. But it was called Miss Fletcher. And I remembered that Miss Fletcher actually had a trans character in the story. And that storyline does not revolve around coming out as trans uh, but navigating relationships romantic relationships as a trans person which made me really happy to see and them kind of setting their boundaries around that and um the person the trans person was not a main main character but they were a very prominent character in the show if that makes sense um so I was I was happy to see the representation there personally 
Then going to Netflix, there was also Disclosure, which was a documentary um, about trans celebrities and activists talking about good and bad trans representation in the media. That's all I'm going to give you on that. If you haven't seen Disclosure yet, what are you doing? Such a great documentary. Um, I learned a lot. I was able to kind of reflect a lot because it's like you don't really realize at the time, like, if you know, when you think back, like, People in the 90s really got away with a lot of crazy stuff in media. And it's like, when we look at it now, it's cringy. So that's all I'll say there. Go ahead and go to Netflix if you have Netflix and watch Disclosure. It's very good. Um, also, if you haven't watched Pose, Pose is my show. I love Pose. Pose is on uh, Netflix as well. Uh, so Pose is about the ballroom scene in the 80s and 90s that covers the themes of AIDS, the AIDS epidemic, the LGBTQIA representation in the media then, and the violence that occurs in the trans community specifically, especially among black and brown folks. Finding community and building each other up when the world is trying to tear them down at every turn. So yeah, it's a very good show. It's funny. Um, I cr keep your Kleenex handy because it is, it is, you know, it's funny, it's 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 heartwarming, but it's also very sad because they're talking about very real issues and um yeah. Bring your bring bring your Kleenexes with you. So yeah, Pose is produced by Janet Mock. It stars MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, Dominique Jackson, Billy Porter, Angelica Ross, and many more. Um I was actually just listening to a podcast recently that interviewed Janet Mock, and I realized that she has her own podcast or had her own podcast. I don't know if she's still doing episodes. So I'll link the episodes below and her books too, if you're interested in learning more about her journey. Uh, I found the rookie podcast with Tavi Jevinson or Gevinson. I think it's Gevinson, I think. She interviewed Janet Mock in an interview called The, Ro the Roadmap for Liberation. So I'll go ahead and link that below. And also while you're there, there's an interview with Roxanne Gay called The Good Kind of Magical Thinking. I have not had a chance to read any of her books yet, but I have at least three sitting on my bookshelf. So I'm going to get on that as soon as possible because I've been reading. I've been like listening to a lot of interviews with Roxanne Gay and I think I love her. Like I, I honestly, I'm just like the way she talks, the way she thinks. I'm just like, oh, yeah. So I have I'm looking at her books right now on my bookshelf and I'm like I need to read you I'm coming for you and then also on the subject of Roxanne Gay please take a listen to the podcast why won't you date me with Nicole Byer where she talks about Roxanne Gay or no she talks with Roxanne Gay about dating and fat phobia and how the two intertwine which was I feel like a very important episode and also while you're there uh, on Why Won't You Date Me, listen to Gabby Sidibe's episode called Code Switching. Very good episode. Very important. So all of these episodes will be linked in the description of my episode details. And I will also make a post on Instagram and or make a post on my Instagram story about this. We'll see how that plays down. I'll let you know when that's up. Um, also, if you do do social media, I think it's worth reminding everyone to make sure that you are following people and content who make you feel good and expi in not expired, inspired and engaged in the content, especially now, like we're still in a pandemic, y'all. So 
you know, I think that's important, especially if you are huge and always, you know, huge in social media and just like scrolling all the time. Let's just remember to scroll with intention um, and actually engage with the content that we are scrolling through. You know, it's easy to get lost in the sauce of just mindlessly scrolling and not really taking anything in. So this is a friendly reminder to just scroll with intention engage with the content that you like and the content that makes you feel good and also just consider following accounts on subjects that you don't know much about and I think it'll help you get a well-rounded you know exposure and awareness to issues that may not be directly on your radar otherwise but if that doesn't sound like something that you know hits for you you know that's fine but just a consideration if you will so Let's talk about music makes the people come together. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about music. I recently discovered Tiana Major 9. Uh, she has an album called At Sixes and Sevens. It came out August 7, 2020. It is nine songs and 22 minutes and 51 seconds. I saw a visual for the song Same Space, which is Same Space question mark. Um, the video is beautiful. Her hair in that video is everything. So yeah, watch it for the bop, obviously, but also watch it for the hair, watch it for the looks. I was like, oh my, yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful video. The aesthetic was very pleasing. Um, she also has a curated playlist on her Spotify called Quarantunes, which I highly recommend. Very good music on there. Next up, we have Any. It's E-N-N-Y and it's all caps. Uh, she has a song called Pang Black Girls. It's P-E-N-G Black Girls. Uh, and I came up on that visual on YouTube. So the visual is cool. The songs of Bob. It's a, it's a Bob. It's a vibe. So I was like, okay, I'll shout it out. And then also I want to shout out Rina Sawayama with her album Sawayama. It came out April 17th, 2020. 13 songs, 43 minutes, 39 seconds. My most listened to tracks are Shut the Fuck Up. Uh, it reminds me of older Linkin Park, like Circa, Meteora. It uh, reminds me of Corn, like that Limp Biscuit vibe and maybe like a little bit of Evanescence sprinkled in there. Also, Chosen Family is my jam. Comme des Garcons has been on repeat all year for me and Excess is my jam. I also just found out that Rina Sawayama is a Leo. So shout out to Leo gang. Um, I love her style. She's a whole experience. So I recommend just Googling the girl. Look at her outfits. I was like, oh, yeah, she has looks for days. And uh, I don't know. I just, it got me thinking when I was looking through like her outfits and stuff. I was like, I remember when like I used to like dress really cool. And I remember when I used to like put more thought into my looks. Obviously, we're in a pandemic. Like I haven't really been buying any new clothes or new anything. <laughs> fashion wise or anything but like I am trying to just kind of step it up from the old sweatpants sweatshirt combo these days so I'll let y'all know how that goes but yeah I went ahead and linked a pitchfork review of her album on there um and I also went ahead and linked a vulture inter oh yeah an interview that she did with vulture talking about her sound her music how things came together, her new album, all that. So I thought it was a pretty cool interview. So go check that out if you're interested or if you haven't read it yet and you're a fan of Rena. Also, I've still been listening to the Rise EP by Willow and Janabi 
John, John, wait, Jonavi. That's how you say her name, Jonavi. Jonavi Harrison's. Uh, what was I just saying? Oh my goodness. Yeah, Rise is the EP by Jonavi Harrison and Willow. There we go. So I went ahead. Oh yeah, they did an interview with this podcast. I don't know the name of the podcast, but I listened to the episode and it was very good. Uh, I like that they said things like, you know, they're looking for ways as musicians and as creatives and as artists to be of service to the people that they're uh, sharing their music with. And I, I really, that really hit me. I loved it. So I went ahead and linked that podcast episode below. I also went ahead and linked their live IG performance of some of their songs. And then I went ahead and linked uh, an interview with V Magazine. Also, oh yeah, if anyone uses the app Headspace, Sudan Archives has this featured focus playlist and I wish it was an album that I could buy. Um, I listen to it a lot. It's about 50 minutes and it's just her playing the violin. No words, just her playing the violin beautifully. It's been helping me stay focused at work and I put it on low while I'm reading sometimes too. Um, it's beautiful music. If you have Headspace, it's on there. If you don't, it's not a big deal. But what I would say, if you don't have Headspace or if you haven't heard of Sudan Archives, who are you? Like, come on. So go look her up on... Um, on Spotify oh or look her up on YouTube because she has some beautiful visuals so get your life and y'all we have come to the end of this episode thank you guys so much for listening I'm gonna leave you with this monthly mantra mantra my bad you made it through 2020 and that alone is cause for celebration so shout out to you shout out to me shout out to us all um, happy holidays to you guys, and I hope that 2021 is going to be a much better year than 2020 because, my word, what a year. But we did it, y'all. We survived. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next month with hella episodes for y'all. Okay, bye.